Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to Living the Dream with Curveball, a podcast where I interview guests that will teach, motivate, and inspire you to stop at nothing to fulfill your dream. Today, I am joined by Iranian-American, multi-instrumentalist, Nuhis Nomad. Nuhis Nomad started in music at age three. He switched to the piano after playing the violin for five years. He switched to the piano at age eight. He has done things like sing in professional choirs, study classic voice, and he got his calling for singing at age 12. So we're going to be talking to him about how he got into playing the violin at age three and all the projects that he's worked on, that he's working on, and what he's got upcoming. So, no, he's thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Curtis. Appreciate it. Why don't you start off by giving people a little bit of background about yourself, anything that you want the audience to know? So you covered a good amount of it. When I was young, you know, I grew up playing violin at age three, piano at eight, and then voice at 12. But when I really found my calling for music, when I really wanted to pursue music as a career was in high school. It was my sophomore year of high school. When I was at LaGuardia High School, which some of you know is the famed school in New York City, I had a voice teacher who... Something about the way he taught made me feel like I could pursue singing and classical voice as a career. And this was coming off the back of like being made fun of because I couldn't sing in tune back in middle school and had very little self-confidence. And even my freshman year of high school was commented on for not being able to maintain intonation in choir. But through hard work and perseverance, and, 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 and his name was Deepak Marwa, Mr. Marwa's uh, teaching, I was able to ground myself and blaze a path for myself in music. How did you get started playing the violin at age three? So my mom dragged me to the school for strings in Manhattan. I think it's around the fifties or the forties in the West side. And they do this thing where they, they take, well, they don't take, but they put every instrument out in front of you and whichever one the child gravitates towards, that's the one they play. And at age three, I just happened to pick up the violin and I was fascinated by it. So I started playing it. And to practice, my parents got me an accompanist who played piano. And over time, I realized I wanted to play piano more than violin. And then at the same time, I also enjoyed singing. So I switched violin to piano. I dropped violin completely. And then I got into LaGuardia and started playing piano while singing. And then I think my sophomore year of high school, that same year, I decided to drop piano playing and go for singing only. So tell us about that prestigious high school that you went to, LaGuardia High School. How do people get into that? It doesn't sound like a school that you just go to. And and how did you make it into that school? And tell us what it was like and what you do at that school, because it sounds like it's a musical school. LaGuardia High School for the Arts and Performing Arts. I think I missed one of the words there. It's, it's a phenomenal school, really. The faculty are great, passionate, and it's one of the most diverse schools I've ever been to. It's a New York City public school. And to get in, 
you have to audition if it's performing arts or submit a portfolio. And the full name, I remember, is Laguardia, Fierlo H. Laguardia High School for Music, Art, and Performing Arts. Right? You have to have the whole name. But I applied to various high schools in New York City with, by taking the SHSAT and applying specialized. And then I indicated Laguardia. I went in for an audition and I nailed the rhythm section. The singing, I don't think I was perfectly in tune, but I remember writing an essay from back then. Even then, I knew how passionate I was. And I wrote about how I love singing, how singing gives me joy. And I think that's one of the hook, line, and sinkers that got me into that school. You know, nowadays, they had, they had two principles since I got in. One of the principles, Dr. Mars, didn't do too well and changed the entire application process from being more weighed towards academics than the arts, which started some controversy in the school. And then I think she stepped down. And now we have a better principal who I haven't met or actually seen in person, but supposedly is phenomenal and actually cares about performing arts and performs with the musicians on Fierlo Friday, which is every Friday they have live music in the, the entrance to the high school. But yes, I, find, I think LaGuardia High School is one of the most underrated high schools in New York. And people give it a bad rap because it's an art school and think all the kids, you know, they go there to sing and, and, and not study. But a lot of my buddies ended up going to Ivy Leagues or going to one of the top schools in the country. And I knew this school had gotten into three or four Ivies and the Curtis Institute of Music, which is one of the best for classical voice. Well, speaking of classical voice, you also studied classical voice. Tell us what classical voice is for those who might not know. Classical voice is a broad term that, that means classical training. It's very hard to put without using classical, but opera singers, right? Opera singers are classically trained. German leader, art songs. It's the typical beyond musical theater training that you have where you hear the vibrato, you hear the, um, the diction in a way that it's almost not like American English, right? You get that very round sound and it's sung in multiple languages. And there's a distinction between that and you know, early, early like Baroque music because Baroque music is sung typically with a straight tone without vibrato. But classical voice, if you want a great example of it, it's just listen to any opera and well, more less modern opera, more for you know, Puccini or, or Verdi. Those are good definitions of classical voice. Well, you also study percussion. Tell us about the different percussion instruments that you've played and, and what made you get into percussion? My, my stint with percussion was, was pretty brief. There was this family friend of mine or somebody I, my dad had met at the, the Persian New Year Festival who did you know small percussion lessons there. And I was interested, so I went to his home for a private lesson. I think I had one or two, maybe three. But we went over the regiments, sorry, the rudiments, and we started off with the Persian dombak, which is the, 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 it's not so much, it's almost a hand drum, but it's not, it's kind of like an African drum, except instead of sitting with your legs around it and the drums resting on the floor, you put the drum on your lap. So the, the head of the drum is at an angle and your right hand hits it. And I learned the basics of percussion there, right? The, the dom being the basic, the tack being kind of the snare and the left being, you know, almost what sounds like a hi-hat or rim hit because you hit the rim with your left hand. And that gave me a good rhythmic foundation to be able to, you know, lay grooves with anything, be it a pencil, be it at a desk, be it anything but an actual drum set, because those, I'm still trying to wrap my head around how to play all those instruments at once. But I did play Dombak. I played a little bit of the Persian hand drum daft because the theory of those are the same. And I did end up getting a cajon in my 
sophomore year of college. And my knowledge of the Dumbak helped translate over to the Cajon because it functions very, very similarly, albeit you have more room and have more freedom because you can use your feet to mute the Cajon and give it a higher pitch. Well, tell us about the types of music you do, what you're working on, who have you worked with. I know you have a band. Tell us about that and how that got started. All right. So we'll start at the beginning of my professional career was with the Church of the Covenant in Cleveland, Ohio. I got the gig when I went to Case Western Reserve University. They needed a tenor section leader. I auditioned and that was my first job singing professionally. I transferred to Sarah Lawrence College a couple of years later and then I wanted to pursue indie rock and production a little more seriously. So I wrote and produced an album and I released that this past March. And while looking to supplement the album, I got my brother to play bass for me and my middle school best friend, who's currently in Germany playing professional baseball, to play drums for me. And when we needed a fourth, I went through one of my buddies from Case Western to find a high school acquaintance of his to play lead guitar for us. And since then he'd been rehearsing, there was an incident where he had a family emergency and he needed a different guitarist. And I was able to call up two other friends or friends because the musical community in New York is so, so well knit. I had no problem having a buddy of mine learn a song in a day and then perform it the next day. But as far as a band goes, Nuhi's Nomad is primarily me, except when I play a live gig, that's when I have musicians to me and in the music videos. And on top of that, I, was singing with the Bronx Opera under my professional name, Zachary Turgan, until the pandemic began. And since then, it's been on a hiatus. And I'm waiting to hear back from them when they resume production. Well, tell us why you have two names, Zachary Turgan and No He's Nomad. Tell us how you got those names and what is the meaning of No He's Nomad? So Zachary Turgan is my birth name, and it's something that I use when I sing classically. And the reason for having an alias for my indie rock, there are actually quite a few reasons. The first one being that, you know, I, I founded Turgan Records, and I don't want to be Zachary Turgan signed to Turgan Records. I think it'd be a little too much. So I figured, you know, knew he's nomad signed to Turgan Records. That way there's a little bit of a separation. And the second one being there are a lot of classical music purists who will bunch you in the category of crossover singers. Like Andrea Bocelli, he's a phenomenal singer, but the classical crowd will call him an okay crossover singer. Like he's okay at best. And by separating Zachary Turgan and New He's Nomad, I'm able to pave two careers in two distinct genres of music independent from one another. Or at least I'd hope to do so. And the meaning behind New He's Nomad, no, New He's my mom's maiden name. So I take that because I'm very proud of my parents' heritage and you know my family all over. I'm, I'm very proud to be Iranian. I'm very proud to be Persian. And then Nomad comes from the fact that, you know, growing up, I was traveling, I transferred colleges, and my life has been all over the place, be it choosing between athletics, choosing between music, choosing between classical and opera, having to make, sorry, classical and indie rock, and just trying to find a place for myself. I've always been wandering through different circles, be it social circles, academic circles, or whatever. So did you grow up in Iran or have you always lived in the United States? I was given the privilege of being born and raised in New York, but I have been to Iran a couple of times. Unfortunately, I'm unable to go because I'd be conscripted and I'm not really sure the means of either getting out of it, be it buying or getting a student uh, 
visa, but I can't anymore because I'm no longer a student. I just graduated in December. However, I'm very, very connected to the Persian heritage and the nonprofit that I volunteer for is Iranian American. You say you just released an album in March. Tell us about that project and tell us about any upcoming projects that you've been working on. And also just kind of tell us a little bit about all of the projects that you're working on so people can check them out. Of course. So I started writing song. I started songwriting, you know, in high school, but I didn't take it seriously. I was, I just did it to have fun because it was a way for me to express myself. And my sophomore year of college, I started songwriting a little more seriously because I had taught myself guitar bass and I had to produce and I was learning and people told me the music was good and they were, they were enjoying it. You know, they could have been yes men or they could have been people who generally enjoyed it, but they gave me a little bit of confidence to pursue it. So this album that's self-titled, you know, New He's Nomad by New He's Nomad began 2017 when I wrote Hiding Home, the song that I can't rewrite and number four. And then over the past years, I kept writing songs. I'd write like one or two songs a year, at least from start to finish and mix them down. And then I ended up with about 12. So I'd say more than one or two, actually more like, you know, three or four, but I had 12 songs and I wanted an album and I, I released it. And all of these songs, they're true, right? All these songs represent a landmark in my life and a moment that has maybe shaped me or made me who I am. So if the listener wants to get to know me, this is the way to do it. These songs also serve as parallels and social commentaries and ways for others to experience emotions because what music is, at least for me, music is a way to experience something with others. Be it you're in church and you want to experience something divine, you do with the church choir singing a hymn together. You want, you want consolation because you lost your significant other. You do it by listening to a sad song or an upbeat song that says, you know, forget them, it's in the past. Music is a way of people coming together. And that's why I do what I do. As far as future projects go, I actually released two music videos, one a week ago and one in April. And I plan on releasing one for uh, Angie Zay, which is the Farsi song in the album. However, this is going to be for a rock remix. So I'm releasing an, an EP of remixes for Angie that's going to have some EDM remixes, some rock remixes, and maybe some more traditional ones. We'll see who I can get them from and if they submit them in time. And I'm looking to produce an animated music video and maybe even produce a short film, but that'll be in 2022 or 2023. Well, tell us how we can listen to your music and, and how also how people can connect with you. Do you have a website? Are you on social media? Let us know how to connect with No Heath Nomad. Of course. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at New He's Nomad, N-O-U-H-I-S-N-O-M-A-D. We are more active on Instagram, less so on Twitter and Facebook. You can find our music on all streaming services, but if you want to find the album on YouTube, you can also watch the music videos because they're in the playlist for the album due to the way YouTube organizes songs and music videos based on copyright. And if you want to interact with us, just shoot us a DM on Instagram. We're most active then again. And you can find us at newheesnomad.com, which redirects to turgenrecords.com to our New He's Nomad page. Or you can find us at solo.to, S-O-L-O.to slash newheesnomad. Again, N-O-U-H-I-S-N-O-M-A-D. Do you have any final thoughts before we close it out? I'd just like to thank everyone for taking time out of the day to be here with me and with you, Curtis, and for, you know, giving me an opportunity to express myself.
So thank you so much for everything. Well, I'd like to thank you and hope everybody go check out your music. Ladies and gentlemen, no he's no mad. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's been and, a pleasure. And listeners, please be sure to follow, rate, review, and share after listening. Also, to you Android users, go to the Google Play Store, type in Living the Dream with Curveball, and download the podcast app. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.